Hey there, you're listening to the Your Next Best Step podcast, episode number 15, with your host and yours truly, Teresa Cantley. And today we're doing a little bit of a different episode. Instead of giving you um, some tips and strategies and maybe some helpful hints on getting through different obstacles in your business, I thought it might be helpful and also maybe give you some aha moments yourself if you've been struggling with these things to give you the five biggest mistakes that I've made in my business, building my businesses over the years, and then also the five best things that I did. Inevitably, when I work with people, I always get asked the que- I always get asked this question, you know, what were the biggest lessons that you've learned or what were the things that happened to you over the years, the mistakes? Um, because as we're working on building people's businesses, people I will, you know, we'll be digging through things and kind of uncovering where the holes are and the gaps and inevitably someone will make the comment, well, you don't understand, Teresa. If I'm pushing someone out of their comfort zone, I get the comment, well, you don't understand. You you haven't been here. And it's like, oh, yes, I have. <laughs> oh, yes. So today we are going to be talking about the five biggest mistakes that I've made and also the five best things that I ever did to really start to scale my business. So if you've been struggling with some things in your business recently and feeling like you know, if those things, those crazy thoughts have gone through your head of, I'm the worst entrepreneur ever, you know, oh my gosh, these mistakes are so horrible. I'm not going to be able to recover from them. I'm here to tell you, take a deep breath, give yourself some grace. You are not alone. I'm going to be talking about my five biggest mistakes and what I did, the best things that I did, and also how I recovered from these mistakes. And maybe, they will help you. Maybe they will help you process through maybe some of the things that you've been struggling with. So let's get started. Welcome to the Your Next Best Step podcast, where it's all about real experiences, real lessons, real hurdles, and everything in between. I'm Teresa Cantley, and I'm bringing you over 20 years experience in business, leadership, and marketing to help you shift out of your corporate thinking and into being an entrepreneur. So you can maximize your results, build and empower your team, and make a bigger impact. It's time to turn your ideas into innovation, and that's only the beginning. So let's get started. Well, hello there, and welcome back. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Your Next Best Step podcast. I am so, so excited to be talking with you guys today. Um, I've been getting some feedback from people who listen to the podcast every week who have said to me, Teresa, it feels like you are sitting there with me having a cup of coffee. And I'm like, well, actually, that's because I am. Because in order for me to kind of get myself prepped and everything, besides my notes, and you know, I make little bullet points as far as what I want to talk about, but I will literally also, if I'm if I'm doing this in the morning, recording it in the morning, I will have a cup of coffee sitting here with me. So I'll be drinking it while I'm talking to you. Um, or if I'm shooting it, if shooting it, listen to me, like I'm shooting a video. Um, if I'm recording it in the afternoon, I have a glass of water with me. So literally it is like we're sitting here, you know, just kind of chatting and going through things and, you know, having a cup of coffee or a glass of water um, and just, you know, just jamming, just talking about, you know, what's going on in your business and giving you some helpful um, things to think about um, or some things to help you get through maybe some rough patches that you've hit or also some things to just help you like bring some more creativity into your business. So today I wanted to do something a little bit different. Um, Like I said in the intro, I inevitably, when I am working with businesses, because when I start working with people, typically it's because their business has gone flat, they've plateaued, they're struggling maybe with um, their team members, maybe there's there's some misalignment in the team, but there's some holes in their business, some gaps, some blocks, something, okay? Um, sometimes it's even the business owner and they don't even realize it, that the energy that they're putting into the business isn't really helping and in actuality, it's moving them backwards. But whatever it is, when I come to work with people, typically there's some kind of a block or some kind of an issue that we need to uncover and get to the bottom of it. 
So as we're doing this, you know, people are coming out of their comfort zone. People get a little uncomfortable because it means that we have to dig into different areas and see where we can streamline or make things better or, you know, really align people with their strengths. So I have had the comment more often than I can, I care to count, uh, but I've had the comment as we're digging through these things. I have had um, team members or even business owners um, say to me, Teresa, well, you don't understand. <clears throat> and it's like, oh no, yes, I do understand. And uh, because I've been there myself, <laughs> I've built two businesses and I've also been working with and for entrepreneurs for almost 20 years. So I've seen a lot of the ups and downs and struggles and mistakes and foibles that um, business owners make knowingly or unknowingly. But then I've also, um, when I had my retail store, my business partner and I, I mean, we like were working full time in, in our corporate jobs and, and doing our business on the side. And it was our first entrepreneurial like adventure. And we kind of just did what we thought was right and, you know, made a lot of mistakes on the way. So when people, when I get that comment, I'm like, oh no, I do understand because I was once in your shoes. <laughs> so I thought today, you know, I thought I would just kind of peel back the curtain on, you know, what I've been through in myself um, building a business and and then scaling it, building it and then scaling it. And some of the mistakes that I've made over the years, but then also some of the best things that I've made. And from these mistakes, and like I said, I've made lots of them. And I've learned a lot of valuable lessons through um, a lot of valuable life lessons. I mean, if you've ever heard me say, you know, I have a PhD in experience because I mean, I've had, I've been through it all and had, and, and made a lot of missteps and it's all good because I learned a lot of lessons. And that was, I think, out of anything, you know, over the years with my business and pivoting many, many times in my business, um, closing my first business down the retail store, you know, one of the things that I have definitely learned is that over the years is that no matter what, you know, things can, things will happen. Um, and we think that, oh my gosh, this is the worst thing ever. This is going to totally take it down. Like, I can't believe this. I'm, I'm such an idiot. Like, why did I do this? You know, I'm the worst entrepreneur. Like, oh my gosh, I can't run a business. And we think that, and you know, like I said, these things happen and, what we don't realize at the time, because at the time it just feels so awful, but what we don't realize is those mistakes are actually something that is is detouring us to something even better and helping us to be a better business owner, helping us to be, to do something even better in our business that we, we can't necessarily see at the moment. But in time, if we go back and look at the clues and look at the signs along the way, we will realize that, wow, that big misstep or that big mistake was the best thing that could have ever happened because if that didn't happen and we went down a different path, then we wouldn't have had this stuff happen, which ended up being like one of the best things ever. And an example I can give is when we had, when I had my retail store with my friend Vanessa, um, we, like I said, we were working full time and we ended up we started this business and we started out online. And um, when we first launched our business, um, I we built our online store, our online e-commerce store. And I remember launching it and saying, and this was a long time ago, this was in 2009. And I remember saying to her, oh, I know it, Vanessa. I know it. We're going to launch this online store and it is going to be huge. We are going to have people are, I know it. I can just feel it. People are just going to be placing orders like crazy. And we had a, um, our business was artisan handcrafted um, jewelry, accessories, um, you know, and, and um, personal items. And we launched the online store and we had no orders. <laughs> And 
I was like, oh my gosh, I should know better. I should know how to build this. I've been building e-commerce stores. I mean, by that point, I had been building e-commerce stores for like 10 years or something, and um, roughly. And I just was like, why are people not buying? Why, why don't they see us? But what that forced us to do, so the mistake of thinking, oh yeah, people were just going to rush to us and not doing the proper advertising for it, what it did was it forced us, or what the lesson that we learned was we started doing more shows, and then we started networking with people. And then it gave me time to learn how to do some, some uh, learn everything that I could about digital advertising and digital, like, and that was kind of in the, a little bit more in the early stages of certain things. I remember when Instagram first started, when we first got on Instagram, it was totally different than what it looks like now. But, um, but even, you know, I had been for years, I had been exposed to Google AdWords and, and search engine optimization. And, but now that it was our first business, we had this e-commerce store. I'm like, yeah, I got this. I totally got this. And then boom, nothing. And um, we also had another situation when we first started our business where, and again, along the way, we just kept learning lessons and kept doing things better. And it was, we, we started, you know, with the online store, we started creating some Google AdWords and started doing things differently and things started to grow. And then we got, we had our first physical location and then we moved from there into our second physical location. And we had a situation um, with our landlord and um, the person who had a store, a, a space next to us. And which led to, we ended up losing our lease, unfortunately, which it was, it was a really, it was a really hard situation. And it was, um, it was a really sad situation, but we ended up losing our lease. And I remember at the time thinking, oh my gosh, like what, this is horrible. What, how are we going to have a business? How are we going to continue? You know, we don't have a space and we could, there were no spaces in the town at the time. There were no spaces in there that we could have, that we could have rented and the one, there was one available and it was like double the rent and it was like, oh my gosh, we're going to have to close up like this. And we had just left our corporate jobs. And it was just like, this is the worst thing ever. And it was resulting from a mistake. And looking back now, that mistake that happened ended up being the best thing ever because we moved into a different space. Um, we share, actually shared a space with people. And then we ended up getting that space ourselves when they moved out and things ended up turning out, you know, great and shifted our business um, simply from, not simply, but um, from this mistake that we made. And, you know, that, oh my gosh, this is the worst thing ever. We, we just lost our lease. What are we ever going to do? How are we going to do this? But had, having just left our corporate jobs and thinking we can't afford any more rent, this is not going to be good. What ended up happening was our rent was cut in half, even cut in three quarters because we were sharing a space with someone and everything ended up turning out okay. So from the biggest mistakes that you make can come the biggest blessings, even though they don't look like the biggest blessings at the time, in time, when you look back and you look at all this, the events and the sequence of events of things that had happened, you don't realize just how good that mistake was and what it would end up doing for your business. So the five biggest mistakes that I've made, and you might have made these, you might be making them right now. Um, and I've, I've realized over the years working with people and also, like I said, looking back, um, on my own journey, you know, these are big mistakes that I've made. And I've also seen similarities with people that I start working with making the same mistakes. So if you, we go through this and you say, oh my gosh, yep, that's me. <laughs> uh oh, you know, don't give yourself some grace. It just means, I mean, the fact that you're making a mistake means that you're trying and it means that you're putting in effort and it means that you're you're taking steps and imperfect action is better than no action so don't be too hard on yourself 
So the first one is not getting super clear on my ideal customer. And I did that, we did it when we started our retail business. We were super clear on what the ideal customer is. But when I moved into my current coaching and consulting business, I had this philosophy and I was like, I wanna help everybody. I just wanna help everybody. I wanna help people build better businesses and fix their businesses. I saw so many local businesses that were closing. They were open for a very short period of time um, and you know, I was like, I want to help people to not make those mistakes. And I just was like, I want to help everybody. And, you know, a lot of business owners have this philosophy of target market. Um, and I know when I was in school, even when I was in my corporate job, we talked a lot about target market. But there is something different about target market and understanding your ideal customer. And I think the difference, in my opinion, comes from really understanding what's at the core of, you know, why, what are the things that they're struggling with? What are the things that frustrate them and the things that they're super passionate about as it relates to your business? And I've had some business owners that have said to me, oh no, we just focus on our target market, which this is our demographic. And they don't dig into that. And then they wonder why at some point they're they become almost like a me too business. Like everybody else in their block and everybody else in their area is doing kind of the same thing. Like if it's all these retail stores, people end up doing the same thing. And we saw this in one of the areas where we had one of our brick and mortar stores. And, you know, everybody kind of, all of a sudden, everybody's like, they understand their target market. But then, you know, they're like, oh yeah, it's this household income and this, you know, they have these many children and, you know, in this area and this zip code and blah, blah, blah. And this kind of style. And they didn't, when they, when you really understand who you are, who your ideal customer is, that's when you take it one step further. Because it's not just about those external factors is kind of how I look at it. It's more about the internal factor. Again, what are the things that they're frustrated with in your industry? What are the things that they love? What are the things that they, you know, they might have fears about, like internal fears and struggles? What are the things that are external um, struggles that they have? And really like getting super, super clear on that. Because when I've worked with people and we've really dug in, and it is, it is not an easy exercise to do, but the clearer you can get on that, that's when all of your messaging, all of your marketing, all of your advertising, where you, like how you build your platform, the things that you write about, the things that you put out there, the products that you buy, everything stems off of that. Because it's not just about the product and service that you sell in your business. When we're clear on our ideal customer, it comes down more to the transformation that you are providing to them, the how you can help them to make, to live a better life or how you can help them to make a difference in their life. So the clearer we are in our ideal customer, the more we're able to do that and create content that attracts them instead of just simply putting out, oh yes, we sell these products and we sell this service. Yeah, I'm a yoga teacher and I'm targeting moms. <laughs> You know, when we really get into that, really detailing out who our ideal customer is, that's how we can connect to them on a much deeper level and we can really understand the things that they really need help with and how the things that we've been through in our life can help them because we've gotten to the other side of it. So really understanding your ideal customer. And again, a lot of businesses do not take time to, to do this. They solely look at what is my target market. They don't look at that additional piece that goes with it where who is it? Because yes, you will attract everybody. And yes, you potentially could help everybody. But there is there are specific problems and specific areas and specific things that you and your business can really help that certain type of person, that, that certain person that has a certain struggle or a certain fear or a certain aspiration or whatever that your business can help. So getting clear on that helps to make sure that your messaging and your copy and the things that you're creating and the products that you're buying really attract those people. Otherwise, we end up being super general 
And then we end up being like non, like people don't hear what you're saying because you end up being so general. And that's where I've seen a lot of businesses start to like copy each other and they start to do what each other's doing. And then that doesn't work either because then it's like everybody's the same. So number two, the second thing is, is not clearly defining my vision in the beginning. And when I first started my business, I, and this is a big one, (laughs) I was like, I am leaving corporate. I had this retail store and I knew that I had marketing um, experience and operations experience. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to do this. And it got to the point where, you know, I was scheduling myself out and I had these, all these appointments and I had all these clients and I would have my store and I was running from place to place to place. And at one point in time, I realized, oh my, (laughs) I could not see the future for my business because I hadn't clearly defined what my vision was that I wanted to do with my business and where I wanted to take it. All I saw and all I did was I built the job that I had just left, I built another job in its place and just filled it up with all kinds of busyness and all kinds of randomness and all kinds of stuff and didn't really have a compass for where I wanted to go next. And in working with business owners, I have seen the same thing happen where they get started, especially if you've left a corporate job. Um, In corporate, we have that safety net. We have that path, you know, it's, I'm gonna go to college, I'm gonna get a job, I'm gonna, you know, work at this company, and then I'm going to work very hard, and I'm gonna put my time in, and then I'm gonna get an increase, or I'm gonna get a promotion, or, you know, and you kind of have this path. But when we open up our own business, we have to carve that path. But if you go from, and this is what happened with me, going from a corporate environment, even though I knew that vision statements, mission statements, purpose, like I knew all that was important, but when I created it for myself, I created it from the current circumstance and what I was doing right then and there and focused on, and this goes back to number one, the product and service that I was offering. Instead of really detailing out, Where do I want to take this business in the future? Where do I want to move to? And really honing in on what that vision is and really getting clear on and being able to visualize and see that vision, that future for my business. And a lot of, um, I actually have a client right now, when we first started working together, you know, I went in, I sat down with them and you know, they said, we don't know, we need a new website. Our website isn't working right. You can't find anything on it. It's not navigatable. Um, you know, we are not really sure what to start with with our marketing. You know, we're doing some advertising. We have a graphic designer, but we're not really sure to start on next. What do you think? And I said, okay, well, um, beyond the, the, the business and the product um, that you are selling, you know, where do you see yourself in five years? What is your vision for this business? And they couldn't answer me. They were like, we don't really have one. And it was like, okay, well, let's not start with the strategy. Let's start with the vision. Just like as if you would build a house and you need some blueprints. So let's start with that. Let's really dig into who you are, what you're about, the, you know, what you want to do, what is your, what do you see the future for your business and how do you see what your business is going to do for this world? Like, let's start there and let's really dig into that. And then we can kind of go from there and detail out some of this other stuff. And that, doing that, and it takes a little while. I mean, we really dug in and um, many, many hours of really detailing this out and defining it. But once we did that, Everything else stemmed from it. And when we did that and the ideal customer exercise, of course, because that goes with it. But once we did that, their business just skyrocketed and they grew like 30% in the first year um, because they got super clear on what on the difference that they were making and the transformation that they were providing and then everything else moved from there. 
the team got back into alignment because everybody understood what the vision was and they could and what the future like where they were moving towards so really taking time to clearly define that vision and like i said when i first started it was hit the ground running let's go i have marketing experience i have operations like i built a marketing department i built like you know i was a director of operations i can do this i got it and boom it was like no i don't got it <laughs> So you kind of have to backtrack and really take time, slow down and speed up, really take time to define that vision. The third thing was not streamlining and really fine tuning my services. What a lot of businesses will do is they will, if they don't see growth, what they'll start doing is adding more product in, more services in, more classes in, thinking that that will in turn make them more money. The more stuff we have to sell, the more things we have to offer, that will make us more money. And what ends up happening, and this is where not having a clearly defined vision and really not really getting clear on who your ideal customer is, when you don't have that or when you just keep adding more stuff in because you think if I add more into my business, then the business will grow. And in actuality, what ends up happening is it does the reverse. So the more we add into our business, what happens then is that we disperse our energy and we get further away from what that core vision is and what our core like strengths are as a business. The other thing is, is when we add more stuff in, we end up adding things in for the sole purpose of making money and not things that A, we love, and that you know our team loves, but also what our customers love. So I had a client who owned a yoga studio and they were just adding more classes in. They just kept adding classes and classes and classes because they thought, oh, well, this is trendy in the, in the industry, so we're just gonna add this in here. And when they did that, they found out that they didn't really, A, they didn't really have teachers that could teach these classes, but B, they had added all these classes and, and we're adding overhead, and they ended up being just like everybody else. So what we needed to do is trim back. And a couple episodes ago, we talked a lot about pruning, really getting clear on what it is that you are super amazing at in your business and pruning all the excess stuff away. It's just like the job of an editor. You know, the job of an editor is to look at you know, an article or a book or whatever and trim out what's not needed and keep the really good juicy stuff, the stuff that's awesome. So it's the same kind of thing. When we add, when we don't streamline, and I made this mistake, when I first started my business, um, because I wasn't clear on some of these other things and I was just going, 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 and I had so many skills. So what I did was I had services all over the place. Oh, you want me to do SEO? Yeah, I'll do SEO. Oh, well, this person needs a website developed oh, um, or uh, designed. Oh, okay, well, I can do that. Well, oh, this person needs you know help with their, with their, um, their POS system, their in-store POS system. Oh yeah, I can do that too. <laughs> well, what happens? Your energy gets spread in too many directions and it dilutes it. And then you become generalized you have all these products and services. It looks confusing, but then also it's, it's, it actually makes your business, it doesn't help you grow your business. It actually shrinks your business. So I have another client who they weren't seeing growth. So what did they do? They added more inventory. And over the years, they added a lot of excess inventory. So one, so they had all this inventory tied up in cash. So what did we have to do? We had to trim after we did these exercises, trim away and get rid of the stuff that was excess. So, and like I said, I made this mistake myself because when I first started, I was like, oh, I just need to get myself out there. So if I have more, if I have more offerings, if I have more services and things that I do, then I'll be able to get myself out there faster. And that's not what happened. It took a lot longer for me to get myself out there. So not streamlining and fine-tuning my services. So number four, another big thing, and this is a huge one, 
and this speaks to limiting beliefs, is I let what other people said determine my value. So, and that held me back from doing things faster. That held me back from really defining my vision. You know, when someone would say, oh, well, don't do, you shouldn't do this in your business. So-and-so is doing this, so maybe you should do that. So then I would do that. (laughs) Or if someone, if I was working, you know, working my butt off for clients and I was working around the clock and then someone said, someone, you know, I would get a difficult client that was like, oh no, well, I want this, this, and this. And then I was like, okay, well, I'll do this, this, and this. And, you know, after a while, I realized that I was letting what they said and how they felt determine the value in my business and not just solely who I am as a person and what I bring to helping people, you know, helping my clients. And I've seen this a lot with people that I work, um, that I work with where they let what people, what customers say, they try and please everybody. You know, this customer doesn't like, you know, I work with some restaurants and they might have, you know, these, this group of customers doesn't like this type of food and this group doesn't like this type of food and this group doesn't like this type of food. So we're just going to make everything. And it's like, you can't make everybody happy. It's just not possible. It's just not possible, you know, and if they weren't making everybody happy, well, then the business you know, wasn't successful and they weren't, you know, they weren't valuable. So we needed to add stuff. We need to add a bunch of stuff so that people would be happy. And what you really have to realize and the biggest lesson that I learned is that my value comes from who I am as a person. It comes from who I, the experiences that I've been through and how I got over them and the fact that I kept getting back up time and time again, that resilience that I had, that plus how I feel about myself, that is what determines my value. It doesn't have anything to do with whether or not, you know, what people are saying about me. It doesn't have to do with, um, you know, the, um, it doesn't have to do with, um, I'm trying to find my words, but it doesn't have to do with what people are saying. So if you, if there are haters out there that are saying things about you, um, that has nothing to do with your value. It doesn't have to do, your value doesn't have to do with what you do, but it has to do with who you are. I had a conversation with someone last week and who is really hard on themselves and, you know, doesn't feel that they're valuable because they, they, They said, well, I'm not naturally a manager. Well, in my opinion, I don't think that anybody's really naturally a manager. It's a skill and it's, it's a, it's, we can develop that. We can learn to be a manager. We can learn to be a leader. And I mean, sure, some people have better, different strengths. I mean, some people have strengths to do different things, but in talking to her, what I figured out is that she felt that she wasn't valuable and that no one was listening to what she had to say because she didn't feel she was a good manager. And it was, well, wait a second. Like, it doesn't matter what they think about you. It matters what you think about you. And your value is determined by who you are and how you show up every day. How you show up, you know, with your coworkers, with the customer, with the customers, with yourself. Um, that like just who you are and how you feel about you, that is what determines your value. And so many people struggle with this. And, and I think part of it is social media and you're looking out there and you're seeing all the highlight reels from everybody and thinking to yourself, I can't stand up to that. Like I can't, I can't compare to that, you know? So if I don't have the big luxury car and the airplane, um, or I'm not like, all over the place in Hollywood or whatever, then that means that I don't have value. Or this person, like I don't have these many likes and followers and all these comments, so then therefore I must not be valuable. And that's just not the case. And I looked at her and I said, you are valuable. It has nothing to do with your talent and the fact that you can, 
you know, bake that you can cook. Like it has nothing to do with that. It has to do with the passion that you have inside for what you do and how you feel about that and who you are as a person and how you show up every day. That's what makes you valuable. It has nothing to do with what people say about you. It has to do with how you feel about you. And this is something that a lot of people let them They let themselves get held back because they want comments from customers. They want, um, you know, if a customer uh, has, they have really good reviews and they have really good comments, like, well, that's going to make them valuable. But what they don't realize is that when you believe you're valuable first, all those good reviews and things, they will come. They will come. We don't, like, if we don't get those reviews, it doesn't mean that we're not valuable. But if we show up and we are who we are meant to be and we are just really true to ourselves and true to our vision, which is going to make you do amazing things anyway, those other things will come. But that doesn't mean that we're less valuable or more valuable. So that was number four for me. And that took a long time. It was a big lesson, big giant lesson for me to learn is that my value comes from who I am not for what I do, not for what people say about me. It comes from who I am. And if I show up every day as the visionary, as the CEO, as the person who wants to transform and heal lives, then everything else is going to flow from there. So that was my number four is letting other people determine my value. And that was a, that was a big, big, big lesson for me to learn. And the last one that kind of goes along with all of this is not spending enough time to really get clear on my brand. And this was something, and not necessarily the logo or the, or the, um, the colors, but it was really getting clear on, and this kind of goes along with everything else, (laughs) but really getting clear on what I stood for. I knew what I stood for. I knew the difference that I wanted to make in this world, but I didn't fully lay it out and have that come across in what I did. I just started putting stuff out there. And while you can do that, it only gets you so far. But really getting clear on what your brand is about and who you are and how you are and how people feel about you with you not even being there is so, so, so important. And I didn't spend, even though I knew it was important, I didn't spend enough time doing that in the beginning. And then it led to, you know, getting um, things designed that really didn't fit with me. Um, It had to do with just cutting corners and making, um, you know, just saying, okay, well, I'll just, uh, yeah, I'll just go with that. I mean, it's, it's fine. And not knowing in my heart that it wasn't really, wasn't really right. It wasn't really me. So the clearer I got on what my brand is, what I stand for, I stand for creating positive connection and interaction, um, so that we can, you know, if we can do that in business and we can build these better businesses, that have more positive connection and interaction, then we can then take that and push it out into the world and really make the world a more a better place, a more positive place. So the clearer I got on what my brand was, everything else flowed from there. You know, I just went through a new uh, rebranding with my logo and um, fonts and all that stuff. And the clearer I was on the other part of the brand, who I stand for, what I'm all about, you know, the clearer I was on that, it was easier for people to design stuff for me. So it's also something that not a lot of businesses, I mean, they get a logo and that's it. They don't do any of the other stuff. And then again, they end up competing against other local businesses or they end up, you know, just being like another me too business. And then soon after that, they end up closing their doors. So Getting clearer on who you are, what you're about, how you want people to feel without you even being there is so important because that tells the story of who you are. And it's what helps to connect people to you so that they're like, they want to come back to you time and time and time again. So those were my five biggest mistakes that I've made. 
<coughs> excuse me. And like I said, two businesses, you know, owning my own businesses, and then also working with entrepreneurs over the past 20 years, I've seen the same mistakes in some of the most amazing entrepreneurs. And they are just things that happen. I mean, there's other things that I've that I've made, you know, not really get not really looking at my numbers and my books, even though I knew it was important. It was stuff that I, you know, I knew I needed to do it. I knew I needed to look at it. I knew I needed to see, um, you know, what my numbers were and what my metrics were and be able to measure stuff, but I didn't take time to do it. So the clearer I got on a lot of these other mistakes that I made, and I really started to put that stuff in place, the metrics started to fall in place. I mean, metrics, I, you know, started years ago, 20 years ago, looking at Google Analytics when Google Analytics first came out and really looking at metrics and managing inventory. And so metrics and numbers and all of that stuff, looking at P&Ls, creating P&Ls, you know, that is my big thing. But when I started my business, I never looked at it. I was like, oh, it's fine, you know, almost like the man, the business will manage itself. Wrong. But again, the clearer I got on and fixed these other mistakes, the more that I was able to like really look at the metrics and really measure them and really draw the conclusion and correlation between, you know, um, content that I was putting out there and marketing activities that I was doing and what the metrics look like and what was really reaching people and what wasn't. And was my messaging working and what, and was it, you know, was it kind of falling flat in some places? So fixing these mistakes helped me to also fix other mistakes that I did, common mistakes that people have. So the best things that I did, um, number one, I hired a coach and I wish that I would have hired and really invested in my business in the beginning, like really invested in my business because hiring a coach was the best thing that I ever did. I worked with someone who achieved the things that I wanted to achieve and were, you know, several steps ahead of me, um, but made the mistakes. They had made the mistakes. They had been through the struggles and got to the other side, which helped me to connect with them so that I could, because I was going through the same things, so that I could get to the other side. Working with someone who did it already and kind of knew the steps to take so that I could move forward myself instead of trying to figure everything out on my own and having it take so much longer than it really needed to. The other thing is, um, the biggest thing that with working with a coach is I was able to remove a lot of the blocks and a lot of the limiting beliefs that I didn't even know were there because these blocks and these limiting beliefs they don't just, they're not just like there all the time. You're like, yeah, I have this limiting belief. Like, okay, I don't know how to get rid of it. They come up when it's time to get rid of them. So working with a coach um, and really learning what those blocks and limiting beliefs were and then working with them to move through it was a huge game changer for me. Huge game changer. So and from those things and from working with these coaches, I was able to bring more of that stuff into my business so that I could help people with a lot of those same things that, that they were struggling with, you know, so that they could get rid of those blocks. The second thing that I did was I invested in my team. You shouldn't, you can't, and you should not try and do this by yourself. If you have gotten your business to a certain point and you want to be able to grow it even faster, you really need to invest in really good people. You need to have a team surrounding you. People who have strengths that you don't have, people who complement you, who whose strengths complement your strengths. Um, to be able to invest in people that will connect to your vision and align with it, and then also help you to move it forward so that you can stay in that visionary role and create content and do the things that you're amazing at and they take care of everything else. And when I invested, when I first started investing in my team, things, I mean, things just started to shift unbelievably because I was working like 12 to 16 hour days trying to get everything done and trying to learn everything. And I was glad that I took time to learn all the systems and get the systems in place and do all of that stuff. But I, um, 
And I was glad that I did that because then I could onboard team members and then just I had a whole process in place that I could onboard them with. But trying to do it myself was holding me back and it was keeping me stuck for a lot longer than what I really needed to be stuck. So when I started investing in my team, things, opportunities started to come in, things started to happen, my business started to grow even faster and it just felt amazing. The third thing was I did the hard work and I I dug in. I dug in and really got clear on all of the things that I was making the mistakes in that we talked about in the beginning of this episode, but I really dug in to figure out what difference I wanted to make in my business and then really lay out what the vision was and what I really wanted to do, but then also to really get focused and to stop doing random work and busyness, stuff that was just keeping me busy. And I really focused on getting focused and doing the things that were really going to make a difference in my business instead of just doing random work. And that made, that's another thing that made a huge, huge impact in my business. Really digging in and doing the things that, you know, People own a business and they get to a certain point and then they kind of give up. But when you can really dig in and do the things that other people won't do to get the results that they won't ever get and that you really want is so, so critical. And doing that hard work, it doesn't mean working longer hours. It just means doing the hard work and staying focused and doing the things that you need to do. And instead of just keeping yourself busy to keep yourself busy. Um, The fourth thing was, is I hired an accountant and a a lawyer way in the beginning. Got all my documents set up, got all my contracts set up, got all my, like had somebody managing, you know, looking at my books and doing my taxes. So my husband and I didn't have to do it ourselves anymore, but really got all of that stuff in place to protect my business way early on. And, you know, over the years, as my business has shifted, you know, I've had to go back and get some of those contracts rewritten because my services have changed. But I've talked to so many business owners who don't get an LLC set up for themselves. They just go into business and they don't, you know, get an LLC or get a, you know, get incorporated or, you know, whatever it is. They don't take the time to do that. And then they also don't take the time to get confidentiality agreements and and proper documentation, um, contractor agreements, so that you have all of that stuff in place so that you are protected. They just go in and they just start a business, which is, I mean, I've seen so many people do it, but you really do want to take the time and have the right people in your corner to be able to help that stuff get set in place so that you're protected, stuff is set up. And when I look back now, I thought the biggest mistake that I made was not doing the marketing, not getting that stuff set. But in actuality, I focused first on my systems. I focused first on getting that, the documents and all that stuff in place and finding the lawyer and the accountant and investing in them. And I know, I see now looking back that that was the best move that I did. And the last one was going back and fine tuning my systems and my processes to get things done but then also to go back and fine tune my services and the systems that I create and that I, that I walk people through myself and not just having it be so generalized, but really fine tuning those systems. Because as I brought new team members on board, it was easy to onboard them. As I would work with new clients, I had systems set up so that they could move through and get results faster. And as I was learning, I was taking what I was learning, my own experiences, and I was implementing that into my business so that I could help other people based on what I just did myself. There is nothing that I teach that I haven't done myself. I haven't flubbed through it myself and gotten to the other side and figured it out, you know, or used pieces of software. I mean, all the software that I recommend, I have used myself, set up, figured out, put in place. So... Spending that time to really get that stuff figured out in at the moment, I thought it was a mistake that I was doing and I was wasting time. But in hindsight, it was the best thing that I ever did. You know, most people start with the marketing. I started in reverse. Like most people start with the logo and the business cards. I started in reverse. And what that did for me, and it's how I teach other people, is it builds your foundation. 
Because from there, you have your blueprint, which is your vision. You build your foundation and then you start building the frame and the house from there. So you can build a stronger house. So if you've, you know, as we've gone through this episode, if you've had some things in here that you think, oh, wow, that was a mis- that's a mistake that I'm making. That's something that I'm doing right now. Give yourself some grace because you're not alone. There are so many people out there that have made those same mistakes, but also getting a coach and getting the help so that you don't have to figure things out so that it doesn't take you forever and a day to try and do this stuff, to make sure that you have your system set in place and you're protected, your business is protected, your intellectual property is protected, to make sure that you're doing things, the right things to grow your business and not random things that keep you, that just keep you stuck. So give yourself some grace and know that no matter what action you're taking, no matter what decisions you're making, they're the right decision and the right actions. It may not look at it at the time, but there is something bigger than you that's guiding you, your intuition or you know whatever you believe in, that's guiding you and helping you to carve your own path and carve your own way. And if you're taking steps, if you're making mistakes, you're taking imperfect action, which means you're taking steps, which means that you're you're doing something to move yourself forward. You know, like someone, one of my um, mentors says, 70% imperfect is better than 100% perfect because 100% perfect means that you've never launched it because there is no such thing as perfect, right? So if you've made mistakes or you've, we've gone through these things, you know, and you said, oh my gosh, like I, that's me, like I'm doing that right now. It's, now is the time to reset. Now is the time. I mean, we're halfway through the year. Now is the time to reset and refocus and get yourself back on track. Find a coach. Find Invest in your team. Get the right resources in place so that you don't have to try and figure everything out yourself. And so that, and so you, and so that you can start moving things forward even faster. So I hope this episode helped you today. And I hope... You know, if you have made some of these mistakes, realize that there are lessons in them and just look for those lessons. Look for those silver linings because they are there. And in time, you will realize that those mistakes that you made were probably the best things that you could have ever made. So thank you for joining me for this edition, uh, for this episode. And I'm so blessed to have you here and I look forward to talking to you next week. So take care. And I will see you soon. Bye for now.